Seriously Sinister discusses true petty crimes that may be disturbing to some. Or it could be easy listening to all of you psychopaths out there. Names and places have been changed to protect the hosts legally. Listener discretion is not advised. Welcome to Seriously Sinister, the resolution that you're already pushing to next year. (laughs) This is Trevin. And I'm Amanda. Trevin, do you have a New Year's resolution? I don't think so. Like you don't do those? Honestly, I'm more of a birthday resolution person. Oh, interesting. Birthdays remind me of my imminent death and just make me (laughs) want to put a little more work in. You're too much. <laughs> oh my god, I really don't have a, a New Year's res- necessarily a New Year's resolution either. Mm. I'm just trying to like pop this baby out successfully and you know live life. Really, you should make your New Year's resolution to lose weight, and then you won't <laughs> fail. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I'll lose a lot of weight here at the end of April. Mm-hmm. Okay, like, I want to fit back in the shirts I was wearing <laughs> eight months ago, and then it's like. Congrats, you did it. Nailed it. Yeah. All right, Trevin Suit, do you have a dreadful dilemma in this brand new year? In this brand new year, I do have a dreadful dilemma. All right. So for Black Friday, I treated myself and bought myself a water pick flosser. Are you- <gasps> Tell me more. Okay. If we take the comedy angle out of this away, <laughs> I love it. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but I am going to use this as a dilemma anyway. Okay. <laughs> so with my water pick flosser... You know, you fill it up with water, you shoot this pulsating water through your teeth, and you floss yourself with high-powered teeth. Or (laughs) High-powered teeth. That's the episode. (laughs) Yeah, I feel that. High-powered water. And, you know, there are times where you treat like a toothbrush, and you just kind of miss for a second, and it shoots this high-powered water, and it just shoots all the way across the room, because it's so such a strong burst. Oh, my God. But... First, my review of it would be, I thought to myself, this thing can't really make my teeth cleaner than flossing, right? Yeah. For the first week, my gums still bled. So It that makes was, your gums bleed? If you don't floss very often, your yeah. gums will bleed. It was just like that. And honestly, that was when I loved it. I was like, yes, you can make my gums bleed. That's how I know you're doing a good okay. job. But my, my <laughs> dreadful dilemma is I have to fill up the little reservoir every time before I use it. And sometimes I put the water on cold for too long and so I'm shooting ice cold (gasps) water directly into like the roots of my teeth and so it's like oh god it's like taking a brain freeze and injecting it directly into your teeth like into the sensitive part of your (laughs) teeth yeah so are you supposed to do warm water well I think like middle of the road okay (laughs) but I uh just keep screwing up and filling all. And like I could always just dump it out and do it again. But at that point, it's like the reason why I got this thing is to be more efficient and faster. So if right. I dump it out and refill it, it's not fast anymore. So I just, I tough it out and get that brain freeze. Damn, bro. I would just take the next step and dump it out. 
It's refreshing though. It it makes Damn. my mouth feel good, and then I brush my teeth afterwards, and it just gives me such a new feeling. So you don't have to floss when you have one of those, or do they still recommend flossing and doing that? I don't think so. As, as far okay. as I've heard, everything says better than flossing. Could be an advertising well, holy thing. Holy shit! I need to get one of these damn things. I really like it. I've been honestly, it's been on my mind lately. Mm. Like, should I get one of these things? So okay. But you know what's kind of funny about that though? Just a side thing on this. There's two settings. There's floss and there's massage. I also got really an, yeah. I also got an electric toothbrush this year because I'm just revamping the whole oral cavity. <laughs> yeah, here. your resolution this year is to have the best fucking pearly whites. So my <laughs> toothbrush has three settings, and it's like clean, whiten, and massage. And I'm like, who the fuck is coming in here? And they're just like, oh, I've had a hard day. My mouth needs a <laughs> massage. Like, what a waste to go in there and get your water pick and just be like. Oh, hold on. I'll be there in a minute. I'm just giving my gums a massage. Yeah, what the actual hell? So I just don't understand who's using this and like who's going to buy one of these products and they're like, which one has massage? Need to have that massage. Maybe they're giving like their partner a massage with the (laughs) the toothbrush and the water pick. (laughs) Oh my God. Don't tell Emily about that. She'd probably be like watching a movie and she's like, please massage my mouth. (laughs) Go get the the pick, the water pick. I need my massage. Yeah, that'd be a whole new love language for her. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, I also have a dreadful dilemma this year. That feels so weird to say, by the way, because it's a new year. Mm -hmm. But anyway, as all of our listeners know, I'm pregnant. There's a baby in there. So Yeah, shocker. Shocker. So my dreadful dilemma is that Lila has began... Asking every single woman almost that she sees if they have a baby growing inside of their belly. Ooh, that's how you get slapped. This has gotten quite a lot of mixed reviews. I think it has to do with like where the woman is in their stage of life, how secure they are about their body (laughs) at the time. Mm -hmm. Just a bunch of different factors. But most of the time, I can, like, quickly jump on it and be like, she asked everyone that. I'm pregnant. Like, please don't be offended. She does, my daughter does not think you're fat. You know, like, all these things. <laughs> but she asked someone that the other day, and I could tell that it really hurt their feelings. And it was just so awkward and so embarrassing, Trevin. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, hell, if she asked me, I would feel bad. Yeah, so, hey, this is kind of killing two birds with one stone. If she asks you or Emily, now you know, this is nothing to be offended (laughs) by. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully everybody that you know that hasn't seen her in a while listens to this episode and they can be prepared too. Yeah, because my first thing I say to people is like, she asks my mom that all the time. She asks Jordan's sister, who's like, you know, really slim and trim. I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's nothing personal. Like, she asks people, women of all ages, you know, (laughs) it's, it's, oh God, but it's just, it really, the other day it was one and I could tell the lady didn't know her very well and it hurt her feelings. And I was just like, oh my, I was mortified. Yeah. It's one of those things that if you don't have a warning, no matter how innocent it is yeah, 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 and everything, it just jolts you. Yeah. It's like, God damn it. Cause everyone knows that kids are so direct and honest, Mm -hmm. but 
she's not meaning it as though you look pregnant. She just wants to know who else is growing a baby in their belly. Yeah, who's concealing a baby. Yeah, like I was telling you and Emily earlier, she goes around to everyone these days and she goes, my mom's growing a baby in her belly and my dad's got a bald head. That's Mm -hmm. her go-to thing that she tells every (laughs) single person she meets right now. So I just, I wish everyone could know the backstory and then I wouldn't be so embarrassed every time. Yeah, maybe you should just like hang a sign around her neck. <laughs> That's just like, I'm going through a phase where I ask everyone if they're pregnant. <laughs> That's kind of a lot of words, but like, I still think it's a good idea. It would be kind of funny. It's like when you see those pictures of dogs that tear shit up. It has a sign that says like, oh, I ate mommy's favorite slippers or something like that. Yeah. Except she just has to wear this sign of shame. because Let's just shame her. She has That'll no filter. <laughs> Oh, my God. So, we are going to be giving all of our listeners some killer facts this week. Whoa, 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 whoa. Trevin, we do not have the rights to say that. Uh, Let's have a fun time. Yes. Killing them. (laughs) Killing them softly with facts into the new year. You just can't resist, can you? No, I can't. Until I get some sort of a sound effect button where I can hear the sound effect while we're recording, I just always feel like something needs to go in there, some sort of transition. Oh, God. And then when I don't, I wait and pause for a second for us, and then I feel like, shit, it's on me to say something, so then I want to transition my words. Yeah, you're like, fuck, this is really killing the flow. I got to jump in here. (laughs) (laughs) Killing flows and killing facts. Oh, my God. So I'm going to go first this week, right? Correct. Okay. So I have a killer fact for you, Trevin. Mm. I said this to you earlier before we recorded that this isn't usually like my kind of go-to thing. I feel like you're more of like a history kind of guy. But I found this fact to just be really odd. And I wondered if you knew this or not. Okay. So we have experienced our share of some truly bizarre behaviors from recent presidents of the U.S. of A. Hmm, not naming names. <laughs> but did you know that one of our nation's presidents had a pet alligator that he kept in one of the White House bathrooms, Trevin? That sounds so familiar to me. Let me tell you more. Was it Roosevelt? No. Okay. So it was actually President John Quincy Adams. Hmm. He was president way back in the day from 1825 to 1829 and was given an alligator... From a French general as a gift. That is like, honest to God, one of the most bizarre gifts I've ever freaking heard of. Yeah, you have to feed those things. Yeah, like what? Was it a baby gator? Was it big? What was the reason behind it? Because it it said that he was like a big figure in the Revolutionary War. Was he just like, yeah, Revolutionary War, here's a gator. (laughs) Like, what the hell? I'm a revolutionary. This is the pet of the future. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I don't understand. But according to the stories about this gator, the president kept the gator for only a couple months in the East Room bathroom in the White House, and he kept it specifically to terrify guests that would visit them at the White House. Wow. So there were some internet stories that I was reading about it that said, oh, we don't know if this is actually true because it's so far back in the day. He's Mm -hmm. like a really old president. But it's documented, like, they have, like, a whole website where it talks about pets that were in the White House, like, an official website about it. Mm -hmm. And it's on there. Like, they say it. So, I'm like, I mean, what's so weird about that? A gator in the bathtub. (laughs) So, what was the gator's name? I don't know. It didn't say anywhere. 
What? That's like, I know. Anytime somebody has a pet, I'm just like, tell me its name. I know. No, I could not find the pet's name anywhere. Well, that is the most disappointing thing I've heard this year. I'm so sorry to break your heart like that. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I just was like, okay, weird gift. Also, like, that is terrifying. Can you imagine going in there to pee? No. And then Gator just is chilling in the tub? Gators scare the shit out of me already. So that would be, wow. I just, if I went to Florida just for vacation or something and I saw one, I would be very frightened. You've done a story about someone who went swimming with the That's gators. That's true. Yeah. So I don't know. Shit was weird to me. Well, that is a cool fact, though. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> my fact actually has to do with history, too. How oh weird. That's, that's very Trevin of me. It is. I know. I was stepping into your boundaries. I'm so sorry. That's okay. You had me sweating. I was like, what if by chance of all the things that happened in the history <laughs> that you picked the same as me? That would have been really weird. So I'm going to talk about Trial by ordeal. Oh. Are you familiar with this? I don't know. So trial by ordeal used to be how people in different cultures in the past, all different ones, and we're going to touch a bunch of them, it would be how they would decide if you were guilty or not of doing something. Okay. So they would have what's called a trial by ordeal. So, and basically they're just really weird forms of torture. And then Oh, there were, you love torture, <laughs> don't you? Don't I? <laughs> And basically their way of saying is, well, if you're not guilty, God will heal you oh, and you're going to be okay. Oh, gosh. So one of the first original ones was the trial by fire, which is a saying, you know, that we all use or hot coal. It depends. They would have people just walk slowly on nine feet of burning coals. Oh, God. And then they would like wrap your feet up and they would say, okay, in three days, if it's festering, you're guilty. Or if you're healing, you're good. And some of them, they would do it faster than that. But a lot of times, it's a three-day rule. Okay. So I would be sweating for three days. Oh, my God. That is the main one. There was some where they would drink sulfur. And they would be like, well, if your body pukes it up and you survive, I guess you're good. If you uh, accidentally ingest it fully and get sick and die... You are guilty and you're dead now. Oh, my God. So can you gag yourself and throw it up? Is that against the rules? That one I don't know. (laughs) Does your body just have to do it all on its own? Yeah, I guess your body just knows whether you are bad or not. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, One of my favorites is boiling oil. Oh, God. They would stick a, a rock or some item in boiling oil and they would have you grab it. If you refuse to grab it, you're guilty, which would most likely put you... Either uh, sent off far away or death. So it's like, eh, you're going to die. Might so. as well grab it. In some cases, they would also have the burning oil thing where if like somebody accused somebody of something else, the accuser and the accused, and this sounds like something out of Saw or something, <laughs> they would have the boiling oil in front of them with an item in the middle, and they would both have to reach in there and grab the thing. And whoever was less injured was the one that God chose. Oh, my God. Um, was this in America, or where was this? Just all around? It was all around, like, Italy. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. They did it. I've got stuff on Madagascar. They're all over the place. And, of course, I mean, in a sense, we did do it because trial by ordeal is basically what we did in the Salem Witch Trials. Right, right, right. So yes. that was very... Basically about the same thing. Mm -hmm. They also did grabbing a stone from the bottom of a boiling cauldron. 
And they had a thing where they would decide how deep this bowl was going to be on how bad you were. So if it wasn't too bad, it would be like <laughs> wrist deep. So it would just be like, ah, burn your hand. If you were real bad, it would be knee or elbow deep. <laughs> knee deep. Yeah, <laughs> just jump on in there. Grab it with your toes. There was one story of a guy who was really hesitating and was afraid to do it. And he finally did it and successfully grabbed the rock out of the water. And by the time he had came out, they said that he had ended up losing all the skin from his elbow down. So that was cool. Oh, my God. In 1215, Pope Innocent III stopped doing the trial by ordeal in the Vatican area uh, and put in place this thing called Compute. Gation, compugation. Okay. Which is a really silly thing. A lot of these things are, it's like, okay, anybody who does most of these things are going to come out guilty because they're going to be injured. Yeah. So this compugation is a trial of oath where you have to get 11 or 12 people to basically vouch for you and say they believe you. Oh. It's like, oh, so we went from all this torture to like <laughs> find 12 people that say you're not so bad right like, what okay so a lot of people are going to be innocent now yeah so i mean innocent is in that guy's name that's true <laughs> I, hell maybe they named him afterwards though <laughs> some in madagascar in the 1800s they would have to eat a poisonous nut and it was basically the same thing as a sulfur if your body pukes it up and you live you're good if you don't you're dead I want to know the statistic. I'm guarantee there's nothing like on the I internet. I don't know. No, but it's like, not. I just out of my curiosity, it's like, okay, how many people could live through eating sulfur or a poisonous nut? Yeah, it's weird. So I've got two more things I'm going to share on this. Okay. So the code of Hammurabi, which I believe is somewhere Eastern. Okay. They had a trial by cold water. So if a person accused another person of doing something, they would have to go jump in the cold river. If they died, they were guilty. But if they made it out of the river and survived, the accuser was sentenced to death. And the person who is accused would then gain all of their assets. Whoa! Yeah. Which, I mean, that would make anyone want to learn how to swim. Yeah, which makes me wonder if the saying, what is it, I'll go jump in a river, not not when somebody's <laughs> mad at you and says go jump in a river, but it makes, <laughs> it's like I'll go, I'll jump in the river for that one or something like that. <laughs> I wonder if that kind of comes from that. I have never heard that. Maybe I'll jump I, in the river for that. <laughs> maybe I made it up. <laughs> and then one other thing that I found interesting that isn't exactly the same but in other places that do this, if somebody was accused of murder, during the trial, they would bring the dead body that was murdered in and have the person who killed them put their hand on the body. And what they would say was, if that person was guilty of killing that person, then God or the body would make a sign. And like they said, the body would bleed from being touched by the person that actually killed them. And so there was a lot of people that they would actually wheel in the dead body and be like, did you murder this person? Touch him and find out. And oh, my God. They said a lot of times the people would just be so overcome with guilt and just disgust that they would confess in the moment. Oh. But I feel like... So that one kind of worked. It kind of worked, but I also think if we're going for statistics on that as well, a lot of people who murdered those people probably were innocent. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Damn. I know. It all sounds really barbaric and horrible, but it's like I kind of can empathize in the way of 
sometimes in certain crimes, you really don't know if someone is guilty or innocent because Mm -hmm. some people are better at covering up things. Some people are better liars. Some people have more money. Like, that's a huge one. Uh, Yeah. But it's like, man, if that is really how life worked and you could really just, like, get a physical confirmation, that would be really nice. But unfortunately, that's just not how life works either. No, unfortunately, (laughs) you don't cause a wound and it magically heal if right. you're not guilty. I wish. I wish it was like that, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, not really, because then I would probably have to get my hand burned a time or two or something. But Well, there's so many of these where if I accuse you of something, we both have to do this thing. And it almost feels like whoever the police or whatever were are just like, okay, I am so tired of trying to figure this shit out. If you tell on that person, you're both putting your hand in oil. Yeah. And it's like, all right, I'm not going to say anything. Right, right. Yeah. They're like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Yeah. I don't want to chance somebody surviving a river and then me getting killed and my <laughs> wife being given to him or something. I'm like, come on. <laughs> that one's really hardcore. <laughs> yeah. It's like almost feels like a grifter or something would almost hope to be accused of something because they're like, I think I can tough this river out for your house. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, you just have to be a good swimmer to get everyone's assets? Like, okay. Yeah, I mean, like, if Ben Affleck wanted to tell me that I did something (laughs) bad, I'd jump in a river for his house. (laughs) Ben Affleck, that was such a random choice. (laughs) That was the biggest actor I could think of in my head. I should have said, see, I still can't think of one. Christian Slater. (laughs) Bill Gates. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, that was a delightful ride. (laughs) Yeah. So, we're on to stories. We are. Fine. Back to the first stories of the new year. I know. Like we were saying earlier, we only took one week off, but we were both kind of rusty a little bit. We're like, oh, stories. Okay. We're doing this again. I mean, I guess that's with anything. Like, a a body in motion stays in motion or whatever. It's just like, we've been grinding all year and... Yeah. Then we didn't. Yeah. It's weird. It wasn't even that long of a break. I know. I know. We're acting like we've been gone for five years. (laughs) Yeah. Did you miss us? Oh, my God. So, I know that we have just rang in the new year of 2022. Mm -hmm. But for this news story that I'm going to tell you all today, I will be taking us all the way back to the 80s. Oh, I thought you were going to say 2021. (laughs) (laughs) You just made my headphones fall off. (laughs) So, here we go. There are a handful of familiar phrases that we all know, warning us about becoming too knowledgeable. I can think of multiple action films where the main male character is keeping a deep, dark secret from his female love interest. I just shit my pants. This causes her to question him leading him to the line, The less you know, the better. Of course, there is also the saying, Curiosity killed the cat. This one I feel is particularly accurate, since my own brother witnessed a curious cat climbing into a car's engine, only to be revved up by an unknowing driver. Okay, that was a bit dark for our show, but what I'm trying to get at is that in today's society, we have a wide range of educational videos on the internet. These videos provide us knowledge ranging from how to bake the perfect cake to instructions on how to make sweet, sweet love. All right, you put your hand here, you put your foot here, and then you do a little... But this wasn't always the case. 
1986, R.C. Gatlin was a curious young man living in St. Louis, Missouri. He was always searching for new ways to educate himself. He had tried the old-fashioned way of learning by obtaining a library card and reading many books. However, reading took a very long time, and sometimes the old dusty books would make his allergies kick up. So without a smartphone being invented yet, R.C. decided to learn as much as he could by getting out into the world. He would pick up odd jobs like dog grooming, little league coaching, and even cemetery maintenance just to expand his knowledge. R.C. immersed himself into artwork and films to understand the different points of views that people expressed. This interest led him to analyze different crime movies, particularly about robberies. R.C. wanted to understand the robbers and their crimes on a deeper level. He had so many questions, but no matter how many crime films he watched, it never quite gave him the answers he so desperately craved. This left R.C. with only one option, to commit his very own robbery. He bought all of the robbery essentials, a creepy mask, duct tape, a gun, and baby powder to prevent any chafing he may experience from sweat and the friction between his muscular thighs. Next, R.C. planned out every detail of his crime based on every robbery film he had ever watched. He practiced his intimidating lines in his mirror until he was satisfied with his acting. Give me the money now! Then he picked out a gas station that looked robbable. R.C. had absolutely no intention of hurting anyone. He didn't even really need the money. It was just the experience and knowledge of being a robber that truly motivated him. The day of the planned robbery had finally come. R.C. made his way over to the gas station of choice, walked in with his theft equipment, and proceeded to hold up the young man behind the cash register. But to R.C.'s disappointment, the robbery was nothing like the movies. There were no other pedestrians in the gas station to hold his hostages. The cashier couldn't have cared less about being held up, and the building's door didn't even have a working bell, making his entrance lacking in film-like drama. Um, R.C. didn't even feel the need to keep on his creepy robber mask. He walked out of the gas station with a wad of cash, but a giant hole in his heart. Maybe some things just aren't as interesting once you've experienced them, he thought. Regardless of how easy the crime was, R.C. decided that he should move to Detroit, Michigan, just in case the punk cashier ever decided to report being robbed. R.C. started a new life, and for two years after the robbery, he spent his time researching and learning about new topics that fascinated him. He became an expert on the different species of butterflies and could crochet better than all the old women in his neighborhood. No matter what new task R.C. picked up, he never stopped craving new information. One nice day, R.C. decided to go for a walk next to a nearby middle school. Once he approached the school, he noticed a group of children gathered around a couple of police officers and their patrol cruiser. 
His curiosity got the best of him as he approached the group. It turns out that the police officers were demonstrating their latest technology, their squad car computer felon location equipment. All you need, kiddos, is a driver's license to run through the program and we can track down any bad guy, the chubbier police officer bragged. R.C. was beyond fascinated as he spoke up. I have a driver's license, officers. You can use mine to demonstrate if you like. The officers were beyond grateful to have a volunteer to further educate the children. As they placed R.C.'s ID into the system, the officer explained, You see, kids, this good man's ID will now go through all of our felon databases and scan for any crimes. The children and R.C. leaned forward in anticipation as the police officers stood proudly with their hands on their hips. But soon after the ID ran through the system, an alarming beeping emerged from the machine, wiping the smiles off of everyone's faces. Bad guy detected. The officers both glanced nervously at each other and towards their new machine. Right there, R.C.'s information popped up, saying that he was a wanted felon for an armed robbery committed two years previously in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, what's that beeping mean? asked one of the young students innocently. The officers cleared their throats, as one officer said, Well, it seems as though this man is a bad guy. The children gasped and screamed as the other officer approached R.C., read him his Miranda rights, and cuffed him on the spot. Sometimes education can be a very dangerous thing. You can find yourself in an awkward situation like this, where a simple demonstration for young children turns into an arrest in a middle school parking lot. Even worse, you could find yourself committing petty crimes just to satisfy your craving for knowledge. In R.C.'s case, his curiosity got him locked up. But perhaps he can learn a thing or two in prison. What a damn fool. (laughs) Okay. So yes, he was a damn fool, for sure. I actually found this story on a bunch of different websites that were listing out like dumb criminals and like how they got caught or whatever. Mm -hmm. But every single place I found this story had extremely limited information about it. I don't have any actual facts or details about his initial robbery, except for the year it took place and that it was in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. I have no idea if RC was a man who desperately craved knowledge, but it just felt right to me. I'll take that. But everything about him turning himself into the police during a children's demonstration is completely 100% true. I couldn't find out how many years he got in prison, and I also couldn't even find a picture of R.C. anywhere. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I know it took place back in the 80s, but it's like, that still wasn't that long ago. No. So, yeah, I just found a lot of little, like, blurb articles about this, and I couldn't think of another reason why this man, who knew he was a felon, would give his driver's license over to police officers to check for felonies, other than maybe he was just curious how the machine worked and didn't think that they knew who he was. That's what I was thinking. Like, is this guy just really cocky, or did he just not trust the technology? I don't know. 
I really don't know either way, but I was like, I have to do this story. But a lot of it was kind of left up to me to decide because there's not a lot of information on this guy. Mm-hmm. And I want more information, damn it. Yeah. I just want to know what goes through your mind to even... I would be so paranoid. Is yeah. What I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I started a new life. I moved to Detroit. It's like I would never go over the speed limit. I wouldn't even talk to a cop. Right. I know. I know. I would be like overly paranoid. And mm-hmm. just for someone to just freely give his driver's license like that during that kind of demonstration was just, I couldn't even wrap my head around it. So it was a really interesting one to write. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like it. I know you didn't get a picture of him, but I was just picturing a can of RC Cola the whole time. (laughs) Well, there you go. We'll just post a can of RC Cola, and that can be my criminal this week. (laughs) Yeah, dirty RC Cola. (laughs) Well, I like that. That was weird. I just can't help but think it was cocky. Yeah, it's weird and confusing and all the things. But, you know, I really hope that RC genuinely is a butterfly specialist. Mm -hmm. That sounds really fascinating to me. Obviously, that was my addition. Like, all those things were my addition to his backstory. But I hope, I hope he's craving knowledge somewhere out there, you know? Yeah, hopefully he was, like, the library assistant in the prison. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a fun way to think of it. Kind of a happy ending for him. Yeah, there you go, RC. <laughs> <laughs> you get it, boy. Okay, well, there are some similarities in our stories already, but you're going to see those pretty soon when we get into it. Are you doing a, a crime about RC Cola as well? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. My story is actually kind of a listener story it's a somebody that the listeners know of it didn't actually happen to them but it's just one of those stories that you know happened to somebody nice i really like this one when i was told this story just the story itself is just Uh. it's so good by itself but i had to add my own spins to it but honestly i didn't need to add much to it to make this i'm ready so just stick with me there's it's a couple twists a little bit at first that you may not be like, why are you doing this? But <laughs> Why are you doing this to us, Trevor? <laughs> why are you doing this to me? But uh, I'm telling you, it's going to pay off. Okay. I believe you. All right. And here we go. 2022. Stealing is bad. Real bad. Like the stories we've told before, thefts can ruin lives marriages, and childhoods. Quite frankly, when you steal an object from a person, you are taking a part of their soul with you. Now what if somebody needed that? Like lying, sometimes it is okay to steal though. A real Casanova type may steal a couple of hearts when he wears his best tap-out shirt. A baseball player must steal a base to bring his team the championship. Or maybe you just want to steal one last glance at your lover before they leave for work. Look at that pad. Much like pooping, everyone steals. According to a study that I'm completely making up, no one escapes this life without first committing a theft. Think about it. Even an unborn second child is stealing attention away from their already jealous older sibling. Maybe this is why birth is considered the original sin. But for all of the necessary acts of pilfering that I've named, 
there are still the cornerstone crimes with ill content. The crimes that are committed by people with cold hearts and sticky fingers. This story is a classic tale of theft, but it's far from a normal day at the petty criminal office. An act so desperate, it will forever be burned into the minds of a small town Missouri family. Our story follows Marcy, a mother of three, just doing her best. The family was at the tail end of their Christmas break from school, and there was one last thing on her to-do list. Due to Marcy and her husband each having large families, the combined family Christmases were huge. With three children of their own, a lot of the children's aunts and uncles would take the easy way out and hand out gift cards. Pick a card, any card. Unfortunately for Marcy, a gift card for her children just meant an obligation for her. It was a day full of keeping track of each kid's individual card balance, pushing them to make a decision, and then disappointing them when their gift card couldn't afford the most expensive items in the store. But I wanted a full washer and dryer. It was always nothing but sighs, tears, and unspoken resentment for her siblings. The one good thing about this yearly plunge into post-holiday depression was the tradition of going to their favorite diner-style restaurant, Winstead's. Just down from all of their favorite shopping spots sat this magical place, with delicious greasy burgers, french fries, and tall milkshakes. Marcy always knew she could count on the calories to give her the energy to smile once again. The shopping trip went the same as every other year. The children got what they wanted, but still weren't happy, and Marcy was growing hoarse from all of her yelling. Let's go get lunch. But none of that mattered anymore, because she was making the short drive to Winstead's. As her SUV rolled over the half-melted snow in the parking lot, that's when she knew that everything was going to be okay. Due to the recent snow, she parked behind a large drift and shut the vehicle off. She unbuckled the two oldest children and had them stand next to the SUV while she got her youngest out. While still fighting the car seat, she heard her children crying from outside of the vehicle. Marcy's motherly instincts kicked in as she quickly pushed herself out of the door and checked on her children. Her eight and four-year-old were hugging each other and crying. What's wrong with you two? Marcy asked. With their fingers pointed towards the front of the car, Marcy finally saw what was the cause of these tears. Lying on the side of the snowdrift was the lifeless body of a full-grown black cat. The children continued crying as Marcy tried to console them. The kitty must have been hit by the snowplow when they pushed the snow up. The realization of the cat being hit by a snow truck just made the children cry more. You've got to fix it, Mommy, her four-year-old said. We need to bury it like we did Rover. Looking over her shoulder at the turquoise lights of Winstead's, Marcy had to think fast. Although she was sad about the passing of this cat, she really wanted her burger. After all, she earned it. 
she did not go through four different meltdowns in department stores just to see her burger be taken away by a dead cat. With her motherly instincts in full power, she thought of a compromise. Calm down, honey, Marcy said while wiping her children's tears away. You really need lunch, so how about we take the kitty home and bury it after lunch? The children sniffed up their runny snot and tears and agreed. Marcy opened up the back door and dumped out one of the bags from JCPenney's. She sat the empty plastic sack next to the dead cat and used her ice scraper to push the cat into the bag. She lifted the bag up and sat it on the hood of her vehicle. The kitty will have to stay here until we are finished eating. We will bury it after lunch. The children nodded in agreement. After getting her children to the table, Marcy patted herself on the back for finding a way to make this work. Score one for the moms out there, she said to herself. The family was seated in a window seat where they could see the SUV with the dead cat bag on the hood. This led to many random questions from the children, like, do you think the dead cat is cold? Does its mommy and daddy know what happened? And why would the snow truck driver do this? It wasn't the most relaxing meal, but it was exactly what Marcy needed. While blocking her children's voices out to focus on her mint chocolate chip milkshake, she couldn't help but notice a strange woman walking through the parking lot. She slowly walked from the right side of the parking lot, staring the family's vehicle up and down as she walked past. Not much time had passed before the woman walked by again. This time, she was walking directly towards the SUV. Looking around and acting as if she was walking aimlessly, she stood right beside the SUV and quickly snatched the JCPenney bag off of the hood. Immediately after grabbing the bag, she walked towards the restaurant. The woman talked to the hostess and was seated just down the aisle from Marcy and her children. As she scooted into her booth, she sat the JCPenney bag at her feet just under the table. Marcy couldn't believe her eyes. This woman inconspicuously walked up and stole a bag from her and her family. How can someone commit such a heinous act and still come right into a restaurant and act like nothing happened? Realizing that the woman had stolen a dead cat left Marcy in a weird position. Part of her wanted to call her out for being so evil, while another part of her just wanted to point out that she stole a dead cat. On the bright side, her children didn't notice, and they had finally stopped asking questions about where dead cats go after they die. So Marcy enjoyed her milkshake and just stared at the woman. The woman drank her drink, played on her phone, and ate a small plate of fries. Each time the waitress would come by to check on her, she would greet her with a smile. Marcy was disgusted. As the woman was finishing her last fry, she began to move the bag over with her feet. It seemed that it was finally time for her to examine the spoils of her misdeed. She reached down, lifted the bag up on the booth with her, opened it with both hands, and stuck her face in to see. Immediately after realizing what was in the bag, the woman fainted. 
Her body went completely limp as she flopped out of the booth and into the aisle. The waitress screamed and ran to her. Somebody call 911! Another patron yelled. In no time, paramedics were on the scene. They lifted the woman's body onto a stretcher and prepared to take her back to the hospital. Before wheeling the lady off, one of the paramedics grabbed her purse along with the dead cat J.C. Penny bag and sat them on top of her unconscious body to take with her. Marcy watched as the woman and the dead cat were placed in the back of an ambulance before driving out of view. She decided to get herself a second milkshake to go as she knew she had quite a story to tell when she got home. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> Did you see me over there? I was like hiding my face from you the whole entire time. Yeah, you made it harder for me to finish there at the end. I'm I, so sorry. I could tell you were on the edge just waiting to know what was going to happen. I was like, just tell me, does she open the bag? <laughs> oh my god! Whoo! Can you just picture her? She comes back to consciousness, okay, in the mm-hmm. hospital. <laughs> She's about to leave, and they're like, oh, we brought your things for you. And then she has to see the dead cat again. <laughs> yeah. Does, yeah. Does she faint again, or does she scream? Oh, my God. Yeah, I wish I knew where it went from there. Oh, my God. Like, did the hospital people go through her belongings and see it and be like, whoa, this lady's a freak. Yeah, pro- maybe. I don't I don't know. And, like, also, how did that mom explain to the kids where the cat bag went, you know? Yeah, I guess they weren't paying attention. Yeah, th- I mean, and I kids mean, in have, the moment, they yeah. have such short attention spans sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some things that Lila will fixate on until the cows come home, but... There's other things that she'll just in and out, you know. Yep. Holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) That might be one of the most wild stories we have ever had on the show. Yeah, I think truly subject matter wise, not even talking about sound effects or writing from me or anything. I think that's might be my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like justice was served. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, what would you do if you were in Marcy's position? Like, uh, would you just let watch it all happen like that? Yeah, I think I would just sit and rub my hands together, like oh. evil laugh, and just say, that person stole a dead cat. But to see them come into your restaurant and watch them from not far away, I don't know how I would handle that. Oh, my God. I know. I know. I I think it would be almost weirder for Marcy or weirder for like if if this was me or you or whoever it would almost be more bizarre to go up to this person and be like look i saw that you stole that jc penny bag from me there's a dead cat in it like mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i don't even know a good way for that person not to just sit there and watch what happens yeah because it would be weird to even approach that situation <laughs> Yeah. It, also, what kind of a poor criminal are you that you stole it out of a parking lot and you went into the business that the car was parked into? Dude. I mean, even if it was of stuff, that person could have had a window seat and saw you do it. Which I they know, did. Which they did. But they didn't care because it was a cat. Wow. 
Yeah, so, I mean, dead cats and dumb criminals, man. Yeah. I mean, those are definitely the similarities between our <laughs> stories. You know what's so funny? I even felt guilty talking about a dead cat in my intro mm-hmm. that I had to even say, like, oh, this might be a little dark for our <laughs> show. And I even considered, like... Should I take that part out? I know a lot of our listeners are animal lovers, and you're over here like, no, there's a dead cat in a JCPenney's bag, and this is going to be told. <laughs> yeah, when you were talking about dead cats, I thought, what are the chances? Because I felt like this was a little too off-brand for us, for me to talk about right? with the dead cat. And then you did it, and I'm like, well, shit, okay. Wow. Like, what the actual hell? Sometimes our wavelengths are way too connected, and I just don't even know how that even happens. Yeah. But, yeah, I... Yes, dead cats are not a laughing matter. We both have cats. We obviously love animals. We do Fur Baby Friday every Friday. Mm -hmm. But the story had to be told. Yeah, that one's too damn good. What in the hell? Like, if it was somebody killing a cat, I wouldn't do the story. Oh, God. No, 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 no. That's why I even felt guilty about my little part. But (laughs) it was on accident, you know? Mm -hmm. Both of them were accidental. Oh, my God. Wow. Didn't see that coming. That one might have been one of the hardest ones for me not to make a peep during your story. Yeah, I could tell. You had a couple interruptions, and then towards the end, I could tell you were just, like, biting I'm like, your I'm hands. I'm bursting, yeah. yeah. Like, like you made a poop joke at the beginning. <laughs> like, what are you doing to me over here? I just thought, you know, we got to start strong on the new year. <laughs> oh, my God. I've always been big on how you start your year. People were like, oh, New Year's Eve, you know, ending the year is good. I'm always on how you start the year. Yeah. Have said that to me before. Yeah, my tradition is always we go see a movie and we eat Chinese on the first day of the year. Yeah. Last year we had like a terrible snowstorm and I still got Chinese, but it wasn't at a buffet and I didn't go to the theaters. So I'm big on tradition. So I think if I can set the tone for the rest of the year, powerful, good stuff, great story. Uh, see, set. as long as my car doesn't get stolen, to me, mm. it's the start of a good year. Bringing yeah. it back all the way to like, what, episode three or something? Yeah, that was in the <laughs> easily the first five, yeah. Oh my God. Well, happy new year, Doomed Crew. Mm-hmm. Happy freaking new year to everyone out there. Hopefully no petty crimes happen to you on New Year's Eve. Everyone look out for cats. I mean, for God's sake, if this episode hasn't taught you anything... Look out for cats. Yeah, celebrate the new year by being kind to a cat. Yeah, yeah. Like, everyone just go home and pet a cat. And if you don't have a cat at your home, you got to get one. Yeah, adopt one. So, there's that. Well, everyone, you know... Just remember, no matter the crime, big or small, in the end, we are all doomed. Doomed, doomed, doomed. Good job, Trevin. You said it correctly. Setting the tone for 2022. (laughs) Bye. See ya. Thank you for listening to Seriously Sinister. If you have a true petty crime story to share, please email us at seriouslysinisterpodcast at gmail.com or send us a Facebook message. If you would like to support our show, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Also, tell your friends about this podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Seriously Sinister Podcast. And on Twitter at Seriously Sin Pod. Shout out to Trevin for writing all of the original music you hear and for producing our show. Follow him and his music at Fiesta Maiden on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Facebook. 
and credit to Miranda Lucas for our awesome logo. You can find her on Instagram at MirandaLucas26. All stories are written by myself and Trevin, and all stories are based on actual, true petty crime.